Taverna Friuli Wines, the definitive podcast on wines from Friuli Venezia Giulia. I'm your host, Wayne Young. All right, let's get things started in here. Got some people up on stage. Heather and uh, Vanessa are up on stage. Chiara is listening, so we'll get the clubhouse started and the, the the podcast started as well i'm really happy a special friday edition that it's friday then we are just about to sing a song it's friday <laughs> then saturday, saturday sunday, sunday <laughs> so mm-hmm. so yeah so this is really exciting for us thank you everybody for joining us on this special night of uh, la taverna and i would like to welcome not just my lovely co-host natalie ben lolo how are you doing that <laughs> I'm good. I'm very happy to be here with another two women. Yes. Robbie and I are the thorns amongst the roses today. Indeed you are. <laughs> so, but I do want to um, welcome uh, Eleonora. Uh, help me with your last name again. Bevilla. 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 See, I got it. Yeah. Um, from Castello di Spessa. Yeah. And Ilaria Feluga from Rusit Superiore and Marco Feluga. Ciao a tutti. Ciao. Thank you guys for coming tonight and, and discussing this this with us because um, it's something that I've always been interested in since I've come to Friuli because I remember one of the first wines that somebody gave me to drink when I came here said, you have to try this wine, was Pinot Bianco from Castello di Spesa. Wow. Because it had just gotten Trebicchieri that year or something like that. And everybody's like, oh, Could have be? you tried that wine? Yeah, boom, you got to try this one. So I remember somebody giving it to me in a bar in Lauzacco. Right. So, yeah. I hope nice memories then. Very good memories. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. Th- that was the beginning of the night. The end of the night got a little bit crazy, but th- yeah, the beginning of the night was good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, be- the end of the night, yeah, turned into a bit of a nightmare, but that's a story for another time. Um, but we're here to talk about this this project about Pinot Bianco in Friuli, but I th- in particular in Colio, right? All of these producers that have banded together to talk about Pinot Bianco are all from Colio. Correct. But before we get into that, and I know that Eleonora has a little bit less time than usual tonight, so you may have to pop out a little bit early, but I wanted to talk a little bit about you guys first, um, and then we'll get into sort of the, the, the politics of the, the wineries and the association that's brought you guys all together. So let's start with you, Eleonora. Tell us a little cool. bit about yourself and how in the world you got involved with Castello di Spesa. Well, thanks. Thank you, Wayne. First of all, thanks for inviting us. It's a pleasure pleasure. to be here and to talk about uh, Pino Bianco nel Coglio. I'm Eleonora Beviglia. I'm from Milan. I'm almost 38 years old and live in Friuli, Venezia Giulia since 19 years. So Ah. this year, half of my life has been spent in Friuli Venezia Giulia, half of my life in Milan. So I'm at the turning point, I'd say, 50% of my life in Friuli Mm -hmm. Venezia Giulia and in Coglio, which is a wonderful place. I've joined uh, Castello di Spessa almost one year ago, and I'm the responsible uh, person for our marketing office and PR and of the group, because Castello di Spessa is not just wine, but we have many different realities in ones. 
I mean, we do have rooms because we have about uh, 100 beds. And then three restaurants, uh, 18 holes golf course, uh, half million bottle wine. Wow, <laughs> half million. Yeah, yeah, because we do have nowadays something like 100 hectares. Is this just Castello di Spesso or is this La Boatina as well? Boatina is the name of the place where our cellar, technical cellar is based. Because okay. we do have two cellars. We are lucky enough to be uh, divided into two cellars. The technical one is based in La Boatina, which is uh, an area in Cormons. Okay. And there in La Boatina, we do have the 70 hectares of Isonzo Valley vineyards. Okay. And then we do have the aging cellar just underground in the castle. Of course. And around the castle, we do have the 30 hectares of Doc Colio. Okay. Yeah. And we now also have a wine therapy spa, so mm. wellness area, 2,000 square meters of what wellness. What, for me, wine therapy is when you start opening the second or the third bottle. What is This is obviously <laughs> something different. <laughs> we combine those kind of activity with massages Ooh. and jacuzzi and so on. So, okay. yeah, the result is even better. So you're, so you're drinking and getting a massage? <laughs> something like that. Oh. Maybe not in this order. We. Okay. Usually invert the two things because we start with messages and then we finish with wine. But anyway, you can do it whatever you uh, prefer. Okay. So you are invited, of course. Really? Yeah. Yes. I, I'd love to get like a rub down with a glass of Pinot Bianco in my hand. I think that sounds like a great idea. And then you can roll to Ilaria because we are close enough to let you rolling down to Colio. Oh, and I can roll, baby. Uh, yeah, I got the right shape. I to wanted roll. to be invited to this part too. But of course. Okay. You are the first one. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Ilaria, I'm a married man. We're going to have to do it separately. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're going to have to go in your own. She's engaged, if I'm not wrong. So. No. Five Guys. years. Wow. Whoa. Five years you're engaged? Oh, okay. Because I thought this was recent. I was going to say half of Friuli is weeping. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. So the one thing that I always really was impressed about Castelli di Spesa is that it's it's a, a big complex that not only makes some amazing wines, but you have so much going on there. Yeah. And there's a lot of history there. That's that, that whole Casanova angle yeah. that he slept there. I mean, I did the whole tour, yeah. um, in, I think in 2020. So it's a really, really interesting place. And the wines are great. We're actually drinking the Santa Rosa Pinot Bianco right now. And it's very nice. Why don't you tell us a Thank little you. bit about the wine? Well, uh, I'm a wine taster as well. So okay. I'm in the right place, maybe. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, we are now drinking Santa Rosa 2020, which is our Pinot Bianco, Pinot Blanche from Colio. Mm -hmm. And so the one we always present together with the network of the other companies we were talking later. And uh, well, about wines, uh, how we do have uh, three lines, I'd say. One is called Eccellenze, so Excellences in English. And we do added um, a Metodo Classico, classic method, last year at the uh, end of June. Yeah. So sparkling wine. Yeah, exactly. We with do Pinot have, Bianco? No. Oh, okay. With uh, Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. So uh, the sparkling one is made with that. And then we do have the Colio line, which includes, of course, uh, five white wines and two red wines. Because as the other producers in the area, we are mainly focused on uh, white wines. And then we do have the Isonzo line, which is called the classical line in our company, in our cellar. 
and again five white wines and two red wines. Okay. We do also have a cooperation with a distillery in it in Friuli, and so we do produce also grappa and one brandy, and so we have wow. the. You guys are doing it all. Yeah, <laughs> we try to do it, <laughs> but we try to keep the quality as well. So it's uh, tough enough. <laughs> cool. And you handle the marketing, not just for the wines, but also for the spa and exactly. for visits and for stays and the hotel. And yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, wow, it's a big responsibility. Yeah, two girls are assisting me mm -hmm. and they're helping me a lot. They are my angels, I okay. always say, because when I'm trolling around with journalists or with other guests we do have. They are my angels in the office taking care of the daily stuff we had to manage because, yes, it's a lot of stuff to do. Yeah, how, how many people sort of roll through Castello di Space on a yearly We are basis? more or less 50 people nowadays. No, I'm talking about guests. Ah, guests. Ah, it's already a fully booked period. Really? <laughs> Luckily, yeah. yeah. People just want to travel, don't they? Yeah, they want yeah. to travel. They want to spend time in the nature. They want to hike. They want to cycle. They want to drink good wine. They want to eat well. And they want to feel free because we arrive after two years of pandemic. Mm. And so people really want to enjoy the outdoor activities and Friuli is the perfect place for that because you can combine a lot of things in just one trip and right. so we started being fully booked uh, at the beginning of April. Wow. Yeah and I think it will be like this uh, till the end of October. I have that a question. Ha that has a question. Yeah. If I may, where are most of your travelers from, your visitors? Italian, yeah. European, non-European. I have to tell you two stories. We have pasta, <laughs> which is made of uh, US guys and Russian and people from really far away. And we now have a lot of people discovering Castello di Spessa from not so far away. So a lot of Italians, a lot of European travelers, a lot of UK people, for example, and a lot of people from not too far. So a driving so distance. the, ah, the pandemic like has shifted things. So it's yeah. not completely removed tourism or wine no. tourism, but it's brought different kind of Correct. wine tourism. Because before, of course, people wanted to go far away. And now, you know, you drive three hours or five hours or Correct. whatever, or you get an aeroplane for one hour and you've got everything. Exactly. Right. That's interesting. That's the way. <coughs> of course, we are used uh, since ever, I'd say, to have Austrian guests and German, German guests. I think you have to find the opportunities instead of focusing on just the terrible period and terrible days you are living. And I think that the pandemic situation was a really nice opportunity for us to be open to Italian people because uh, we really now have a lot of requests coming from Lombardy, from Milan, from Tuscany as well. So they are now looking outside their borders and searching for new destination, wine destination, golf destination and so on. And this was really a good opportunity for us. I can't remember who said it. And it was somebody like Einstein, but I might be wrong. But with crisis brings opportunity. And that's... I fully agree. This sort mm. of happened. It has to happen, doesn't it? Yeah. You, it, you're it, kind of forced you're to... You're forced yeah. to look for new new ways of, of recreating yourself and Definitely. everything. Definitely. 
I think that being here this evening is one of the example of the pandemic because the wine world was not so used uh, to all these kind of tools, digital right. marketing, podcasts, and so on. Or at least it was not used like it is now. Right. And so I think that the wine world made uh, a jump of 10 years in just two years thinking about marketing, digital. I always remember one thing which is really nice to, to tell and to share with you. When I started working in wine, I was coming from a completely different field. I was working in forensic software. Wow. So I was used to schedule calls, video call, with my mm, customers abroad uh, every day. I was used to have at least two, three video calls per day. When I've joined the wine world, I've asked my former CEO, how do you manage your meeting with the people from abroad? I mean, are you using video calls and something like that? And she told me, Eleonora, you are in wine, not in forensic, no more. Wow. Wow. And I've said, okay, so Eleonora, please switch back to paper and so on. After six months, Unfortunately, we had to say, okay, we are in wine and now we need the video calls. Of course. <laughs> and so yeah. this is, I think, the best way to let love you that. understand I my... Love the for, from forensics to wine. <laughs> yeah. We all used Skype before, but then somehow Zoom became the thing, right? Yeah. I guess it just worked better or I don't know. All I know is everybody I knew was on Zoom and I was just like, okay, I better get on Zoom. So it was just like this huge explosion of, of Zoom. And then I think a lot of wineries were like, wow, we don't have to fly to Milwaukee every year. We could like fly to Milwaukee every two years. And then maybe one time we <laughs> can do like a big video call or we can take them for a walk through the vineyards with our iPad or whatever, which we did one time when I was working at Bastianich, but it never really caught on. People wanted to come. Now that they're like, yeah, yeah, no, let's do the video thing. Uh, so definitely the attitude has has changed. <laughs> so give me an idea of like sort of when, because obviously there's so much history there, but I don't know when sort of the modern yeah. version of so Spesa let's say as a producer started. The history of the castle started in right. uh, the medieval area, so right. it's a long way. But the <clears throat> And I would current, assume that there was always a wine element going on. Exactly, because okay. the first document we found talking about wine is dated 1575. Wow. That's the reason why on our label you can find written since 1575, because we found a document uh, of, the, of those years uh, saying uh, that uh, the property was selling Ribolla Gialla grapes to a person on the uh, in Friuli. No and kidding. so that is the first document we found. But That's pretty cool. The, cur the current owner is Mr. Pali. Mr. Pali is an entrepreneur, a Friulian one, and he bought the Castello in uh, 1987. Okay. Yeah. He bought before Boatina, which was our former name of our seller. Our seller was called La Boatina. Right. And so we... Put together the two companies um, okay. 10 years ago, something like that. And so now everything is called the Castello di Spessa. Okay. And he started producing wine in the 90s. Because okay. when uh, he bought uh, Castello, he had to do some renovation in our vineyards and some stuff and works and so on. And so he started producing wine in the 90s. Okay. Since 2014, 
we changed uh, the enologist. We now work uh, in cooperation with Enrico Paternoster. He is working in San Michele dell'Adige, so okay. he is a Trento uh -huh. dog man. All right. And he is really a good, good professional person. And so let's say that uh, 2014 is the changing uh, moment in our wines because we choose another style, we ah, choose okay. a more international style, less uh, Friulian, let's say, maybe, but more open to um, outside the borders. No. I have a question. <coughs> I don't want to put you in difficulty, but how do you define more international and less Friulian? What does that mean a, for somebody that doesn't... That's a good question. <laughs> As I said, I'm not from Friuli. Neither am but I. But <laughs> actually, my roots are 50% uh, Friulian because my father is uh, from Friuli and my mother is from Milan. So I have two bloods in my... In Milanese Furlan. Exactly. <laughs> and I always answer your question like this. Uh, people from Friuli are really hard workers. People who put a lot of effort in what they do and they are so focused on uh, doing it well and working well and working uh, hard that sometimes they are a bit, uh, uh, how can I say, not so soft <laughs> in dealing not. with other uh -huh. people. Yeah. Okay, But they are not so soft, but they do what they do really good. Friulian wines are the same. I mean, sometimes Friulian wines, in my opinion, are absolutely perfect for Friulian people. I mean, the old style of Friulian wine uh, is good for Friulian people. So it's, uh, um, how can I say, tough, a, a strong, tough style sometimes, like uh, tough Friulian people. But if you want to explain a Friulano outside Friuli or outside Italy, I think you have to be a bit more soft. <laughs> Otherwise, you risk not to be understood from people abroad. And so Mr. Pali, this was the idea he had in his mind. He wanted to be a bit more soft, a bit more fresh, a bit more, uh, let's say, elegant. But I don't want to say anything. Um, it's about the opposite bad. is inelegant. Exactly. Yeah. But it's about adapting, isn't it? It's about mm. adapting, which is what yeah. humans do. It's what we do. You adapt to what... Respecting the terroir, respecting the characteristics of Friulian varieties and of the, I'd say, now autochthonous one, because for example, Pinot Grigio is a variety which, okay, is an international one, but is in Friuli since so far away and so many years and centuries that in my opinion is now an autochthonous one, you can, we can say is yeah. an autochthonous. So you have to respect the variety. You have to respect our terroir, but I think we have to adapt our style and our grapes and our <laughs> varieties to the world. Because also, if you speak in Friulian, you know that Friulian people has a language. They right. do not yes. speak a dialect. They speak, they speak a language. language. Yeah. Friulano yeah. is a language. But if a Friulian person speak with a Milanese person, a person from Milan in Friulano, the people from Milan can't understand. understand him. The same is with the wines. Right. You have to talk another language to let understood. Do you speak in, Friulano in Eleonora? I had to learn a Friulano. Okay. Yes, it was, uh, so, exactly. so that's, that's six languages you speak then. We <laughs> yes. can add that to right. the list. Yeah, <laughs> you are right. I never consider it, but yes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to stir up some shit. Do Go you on. agree with Eleonora, Ilaria, about... <laughs> 
Friuli and wine and international wine. Oh, I love that. She's kind of saying, she's how like, am I going to sort of phrase this <laughs> and keep my friend? <laughs> so I have to say that all of that Eleonora said, it's right, okay. of course. But uh, we have to talk about a region that is producing wine since 2,600 years ago. True. So yeah. Aquileia mm. was the second right. city of the empire and they were producing wine over wild, over Friuli, and spreading it in all over the empire. So, right. and um, yeah, I do agree, but I, we have to consider our roots. So, right. yeah, that's the thing. So, so obviously, that's coming from um, Eleonora is not from Friuli. You're from Milan. You're from a different region. Obviously, Wayne and I are from different countries but with this love and interest in what you're doing but you're directly blood connected uh, Ilaria so your your point of view and your feeling is different right yeah that's the thing yeah absolutely so do you consider yourself Friulana Eleonora oh because this is maybe the more difficult question <laughs> oh, you okay. could you don't have to answer Perhaps. nobody's uh, no yeah. you know what I think that I'm a I hope a good combination of okay. uh, Friuli and Milano because okay. in certain things I absolutely feel from Milano mm -hmm. and in other things I absolutely feel like uh, Friulana. Okay. Because But you are, also have the blood. Sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you. You have the blood. You said you're half Friulana. Yeah, my grandparents from Allura. my Allura. father's side were from Cormons and Gorizia and so, so there's nothing so, to yeah. say yeah. No, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> I think that Friuli is a wonderful land and so and one thing I really appreciate and I really appreciate uh, Ilaria's um, answer because one of the most beautiful thing in Friuli in my opinion are the traditions <laughs> they still have a lot of traditions while in other regions there are not okay. not anymore and so one of the most important treasure we have in Friuli are the traditions. For example? For example, families taking care of uh, wine, for example. Okay. Ilaria is the sixth, fifth, sixth, sixth, sixth generation, generation wow. of her okay. family wow. producing wine, being a winemaker. So, I mean, guys, a lot of years. Uh, or, for example the the, um, the the kitchen uh, the, what they they cook they cook and eat yeah, yeah. the cooking uh, they still have a lot mm -hmm. of dishes coming from uh, the empire and this is absolutely great because if you go in some traditional restaurant in Gorizia for example you can still find some dishes called named in uh, Austrian way. Oh, okay, okay, okay. There is a dessert my grandmother was used uh, to cook, uh, which is called the cock uh, di riso, rice cock, something like that, uh -huh. uh, which sounds not good in English. Rice, yeah, rice, <laughs> so rice cock rice is something. Cock. I would, yeah. I would <laughs> stick uh, to <laughs> Austrian. Hey, listen, what you do in your off time, well, Eleonora, is up to you. Listen. <laughs> And that is that from here. Austria. <laughs> Children listening. Sorry, no, everybody. No. That is <laughs> from Austria and a lot of other stuff like this. And oh. also dresses in certain yeah. parts of Friuli, gotcha. nearby the mountains. There are a lot Darnia. of... 
Yes. We're going up into yeah. the into the Julian Alps and, and we're finding these Italian people that seem to be like Lederhosen Lane German style people. Yeah, with well, yeah, their, that's that's the Austrian influence. It's right? interesting, but yeah. there's this this space between Italy and, and Austria that's not Italian and not Austrian. <laughs> through it's a little bit Latin, of both. So. Right. So Ilaria. So we've spoken about Castello di Spesa. I want to get to you now a little bit, and let's talk a little bit about where you're coming from because, you know, obviously I've known you for a while, but, you know, let's talk about you're coming from Marco Feluga and Russi Superiore. So give us a little bit of a, you know, sixth generation. Tell us a little bit about that sort of back history too as far as Russi Superiore and Marco Feluga is concerned. So yeah, I'm the sixth generation, as Eleonora said, and everything started with my family more than 150 years ago in a place that is now Slovenia. It's called Isola. But going back in time, it was under the Republic of Venice and then under the Habsburg Empire. So my family started there with Alocanda, so like a restaurant. So and what is Isola now? Slovenia. Slovenia. Okay. Slovenia. I, yeah. I'm, I know Isola. I've been there twice and it's uh, the most Lovely. gorgeous place. Where is it? Isola is just literally over the border. It's yeah. just literally. It's Yeah, but over the border where? The border goes from Austria down to, no. to Croatia. The border on from the coast. Trieste. Oh, it's yeah. on the it, coast. It's about one and a half hour from Trieste. Oh, so from okay. here to there, now I got it's, it. a, it's less than two hours from here to there. Yeah. Right. And in okay. you're now. on the sea. So it's on that little tiny piece of Slovenia that you you have between the edge of of, of Friuli yeah. and the beginning of Istria. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Now I got it. And over there, the family started with that locanda so they were producing two wines one red and one white and they started to producing more getting more lands and they opened the the shipments from isola which is on the coast to grado on the coast too so um, that was uh, 100 years ago they could open two markets friuli and veneto in Friuli Venezia Giulia, they find out that that lands was very interesting and they decided to open a winery in 1938. That was a fortune because, you know, the Second World War took everything away. So okay. the locanda, the houses, the lands, but the family could restart from there. You might know that in the market there are two felugas because... Uh, uh, they were seven brothers and sisters, but only two decided to follow uh, the wine word, my grandfather Marco mm -hmm. and uh, my zio Livio. Right. Uh, they stayed together till 1956. Then they decided to split out. In Italian, we do say that uh, two chickens can stay in the same house. So they decided to, to split out. But uh, my okay. grandfather stayed in the original place where they did open the first winery, so Gradisca di Sonso, okay. in 1938. And Livio went to another denomination, so Colle Orientale del Friuli, under the province of Udine. Okay. Um, then my father didn't stop. My grandfather, he is becoming 95 this year. Wow. So, and... He's a very strong man and focused, and uh, he got the driving license last month. So <gasps> <What>? fantastic! <laughs> he Be careful driving around <laughs> because 
you know, you, 95. Stay away 90. from San Floriano. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, really? He never yeah. had a driver's license before. No, he had it. And then he lost every, it and got it back. And every year he does, of course. Oh, after you have to get eight checked. years. Yeah, yeah. You have to do the check. So he's still to driving. renew it. Yeah. That's awesome. Renew it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope but, I'm driving when I'm 95. <laughs> <laughs> he can drive you around if you want. Yeah? Yeah. In your MR2. I'll, I'll, I'll let him drive but my he's MR2. He's driving too fast. Don't go with him. No, I'll no, give no, him a no, fast no. car. We'll too, see how we can do. Too fast, too fast, too fast. But then uh, you said, Wayne, that I'm representing Russi Superiore Winery too. Um, because my grandfather driving around Collio, he found out that place, Russi Superiore, which is the name of the geographical place. Oh, okay. And it's then, like a place name. Yeah. Uh -huh. Because Russi Superiore means Russit. Uh, coming from a slave word, uh, it's Rusic, it means earth. And ah. superiore means higher, because there's a um, place, uh, of course, in we are in uh, the comune of Capriva del Friuli, that it's called, all the area, it's called Rusic. But the um, Asberg Empire, uh, so many years ago, uh, they find out that place that was very good for producing wines and they decided to even divide it in two parts so russitz disore then in italian it's russitz superiore and russitz inferiore where there's another winery not run from our family okay uh, that it's called fondazione villa russitz okay in russitz inferiore so are two different zones so that's the connection okay that's the connection yeah and my grandfather when he arrived there um, he found out that zone and he wanted to create a winery and create a crew. So all the vineyards are in one block, like a chateau, and 50 hectares in one block. So wow. all of them in Russet Superiore. Which is rare, 50 hectares in one block. I just rare. learned something. What did you just learn? I just learned something really important because I'm like the stupid wine person on the program that's learning so that a crew is what a chateau is based on. Uh, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Right. Okay. I was just picking up from Ilaria talking about the chateau and connecting right. it with crew. Yeah. And so I, I'm wondering if that's where the chateau has its. Why don't why I tried to explain crew to to Nat before the show and I, I failed miserably. So maybe one of you <laughs> la ladies can explain what a crew is to Natalie and to Ooh, everybody who's listening. You yeah. are the analogist. Yes, not. and <laughs> since we were just talking about Rusit's superiority being a crew um, of Marco Feluga, right? So this is the crew vineyard of yeah, the in, Marco Feluga in fact, winery. In in all of our labels of Russit Superiore, you'll find out the name Marco Feluga too. But um, I have to tell you that it's connected uh, to the zone. So usually a crew, it's a very small part of vineyards that it's identify. Maybe I have to say that it's more identified in France than in Italy, but uh, we're working on it. And... Um, it's a very small piece of land that it's uh, always connected to 
a small part of vineyard. So yeah, that's the thing. So the crew wine comes from one. The crew wine comes from one specific area that's not necessarily. It's not the same vine, but it's the same X amount of square meters. Yeah, a, a, a small space. Because I've spoken to a number of people since I've been doing this project with Wayne. And there's a surprising amount of Italians that love their wine that have never heard the word cru. There's okay. a lot of people that love their wine. They're not super experts, but they like good wine that never heard the word cru before. Yeah. Well, it's a French word, mm. right? Which literally means cru. Gr gross. Cru, exactly. Which literally means growth, right? Ah. First growth, second growth. Um, it's the literal translation, I believe, if I remember my WSET from 45 years ago. And it's denominating a, spe a specific place, you know, that where things tend to do well. And the crew system sort of ranks them. So you have, you know, premier crew, grand crew, yeah. sec second crew. So they're sort it's like a ranking system. So when they use it here, the idea of crew, I think in, in Friuli, because, you know, when you talk about Ronchi di Chala, Chala talks about Chala being a crew. Rusi Superiore is a crew. So they're talking about a specific place that, that because of where it is, not necessarily because of the wines that they make there, but that specific place has something about it that's superior. So when I think of in crew... Quality. Yeah. I think of one of the people that we interviewed. Am I allowed to nominate one sure. of our wine? Why not? Butusi. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who he talks about crew too. Cr oh, we drank his crew. Yeah. And the Santuari. You, and you and and we had another crew because it was absolutely fantastic. Is it characteristic that a crew well, it must be, sorry, crew will always be superior. Well, that's the idea. That you're you're taking a specific place because you're denominating a certain place because it's it's higher quality. So I think I understand. But when it's you the clouds are parting. Yeah, yeah. starting to get there. Yeah. When you talk about crew in Italy, but even abroad, you're talking about the same soil, the same temperature, the same altitude. So all it's homogenous. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Talking about Marco, your grandfather, he was kind of the one who fell in love with Pino Bianco because I remember that there was an event that I took part in last summer, last spring, and I remember that everybody was sort of saying like, no, no, Marco was kind of the guy who was like, I love Pino Bianco and I want to form this thing. So tell us a little bit about where that passion for Pino Bianco came from with your, with your grandfather. Yeah, when you're right. My grandfather, Marco, when uh, he when we did celebrate his 90th birthday, he took the microphone and said, I have a dream. I would like, I, I do love the Pinot Bianco grape variety, how this wine can be appreciated. And I would like to show to the world that wine, that it's not very well I don't know how to say. Um, we do talk a lot about Pinot Nero and Pinot Grigio, but we don't talk about Pinot Bianco in Friuli Venezia Giulia. Mm -hmm. So I would like to find a group of winemakers that do love the Pinot Bianco as I love it. And uh, so we're talking about uh, 
less than five years ago, he was driving to one producer to another. We are less than 20 producers in, uh, in the Collier area, so it's a very small production about the Pinot Bianco in Friuli. Only Venezia, 20 Giulia. producers of Pinot Bianco. Mm, right. Yeah, a, a little bit more. I, I think that we are less than 25, but, but very few, mm. uh, talking about Collier area. And now we are a group of seven winemakers, seven wine producers, seven families, all in the Collio area. We are uh, in total, we do produce uh, less than 75,000 bottles. So think about it. Uh, so that's about 10,000 bottles per producer, more or less. Even, it's a small production. Even less, even wow. less. And uh, but we do believe in that grape variety, and we do celebrate. Uh, we do inaugurated that group last year, as you were, uh, as you said. It's very and, proud uh, to take part. Yeah, I'm very proud. Yeah, and my gr grandfather was there. Uh, yes, uh, and that yeah. I and, have some great um, pictures with him. We we are in seven, as I said. Uh, so who are the, we have? Castello di Spesa. Castello di Spesa. Rusi Superiore. Rusi Superiore. Livon, okay. Pascolo, Mario Schioppetto, uh, Toros, Venica, and Venica. So, uh, okay. Pascolo, so you've been to have you been to Pascolo? No, but he's one of our one of your. I, I shouldn't say one of our favorites, but I hear from Pascolo. What's his first name? Alessandro. Alessandro. In the Capriva, no, isn't he? He's, uh, what's the t the village Rutars. that he lives in? Rutars, and every. Everybody that's been there, including you, Wayne, the feedback has been phenomenal. The views. He's phenomenal. Him. He's a phenomenal guy. Yeah. yeah. He is. <clears throat> so great. what do you think, and, and obviously you're speculating as well, but what is it about Pinot Bianco? Why, I mean, you can speak for your grandfather and for yourself, but what is it about Pinot Bianco that you think this is, a, you know, not your typical Friulian grape variety, but there's so much passion behind it, starting with Marco and, and then moving on to, to Castello di Spesa. What is it about this grape variety? I know I love it and I have my reasons, but that doesn't matter. What matters is what you guys think. What do you think? I have to tell you that it's all about passion because, as I said, we are seven wine producers, seven wineries, but all with a, a story a long story, so um, seven families, uh, and uh, that's a group that do believes in the same things. So that's the important thing. Like when we do talk, when we do uh, try to get some ideas, something, we are always on the same line. So mm. that's the very important thing. So it's it's not easy to to get a, a group of wine producer uh, talking about Collio. So in Friuli. In Friuli, mm. in Friuli. Never Friuli. happens. Never happens before, but right. yeah, I have to tell you that that's the, the most important thing. We are a very strong group mm. and we do believe in the same things. Often we talk about Pinot Bianco in the same breath with Chardonnay, you know, because I believe that they're related, they're cousins or something like that. They're somehow re genetically related. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I've never been a huge fan of Chardonnay and I love Pinot Bianco. There's a, a minerality and an elegance to Pinot Bianco that Chardonnay for me never has unless it's from Chablis. That's, for me, that's the only Chardonnay that's worth anything. So Pinot Bianco has always been something that I've really, really loved. 
even when I first tried that, when I first came here and somebody poured it for me for a bar on Loud Zaka, I was like, yeah, Pinot Bianco, this is good stuff. So, but I'm interested to see if, because this is a slightly different interpretation. This has a little bit of wood. So you're getting a little bit more of that sort of international style, a little bit more spice, a little bit more vanilla. And I've had your Pinot Bianco Eladia before, and I, that's also, it's got a lot of power and it's got a lot of depth and complexity. So it is a little bit of a different style. But, you know, I'm just trying to think of what is it about? Is it, is it easy or hard to grow in Colio? What's the sort of growth situation for Pinot Bianco? Is it something that a producer would say, yeah, let's plant Pinot Bianco because it's, it's, it makes really good wine and it's easy to grow? Or is it t difficult? Tell me. Well, I have to tell you that nothing is easy in our world. <laughs> no, <laughs> but some things are easier than others. It's all about nature. So, but the Pinot Bianco, we do produce Pinot Bianco since ever. It's always a great variety that we always do believe that it was with a lot of potential. So I have to tell you that one year ago, uh, we did open a Pinot Bianco 1985. Wow. So older than me. So yeah, um, we do believe that it's a elegant wine. Mm. Uh, so we, we did an interview, uh, all of our wineries we did that interview and the word that we all said it was elegant right that's the word that best described that wine and i have to tell you that another word that we do use often it's longevity exactly. you, you can age this wine for many many years and another thing that we uh, we're gonna do as a group as a as a rete del pino bianco nel collio mm. it's gonna be a reserva wine so okay. yeah we did leave some bottles in 2019 uh, to get out all together with that wine later so on so you're going to pool all your wine together to make one reserva that's a thing that we are gonna consider but okay now we did leave every winery left. has their own reserve yeah okay so what are some of the other things that the group does in order to promote pinot bianco in friuli and outside obviously you're not just wanting to sell pinot bianco in friuli you want to sell it all over the world so what are sort of some of the moves that you guys are making in the market to sort of promote pinot bianco in the world i mean you don't have a lot of bottles to sell Seventy-five thousand is not a whole lot well, we, uh, you said right, because we started from Friuli Venezia Giulia, we started promoting our network in Friuli Venezia Giulia okay. with some events, but then we moved outside our borders. So we went to Milan in March, presenting nice. together with the chef Enrico Bartolini, He's a Michelin <laughs> chef, and Good. we had a, a wonderful event in one of his restaurants, and we presented our network, Rete Pino Bianco nel Collio in Milan. With uh, a tasting with, uh, with Daniele Cernilli. Yes, together Dr. with Wine. Uh, Dr. Wine, Daniele, Daniele Cernilli, yeah. with really interesting uh, guests, because we had the honor to share that moment with uh, very passionate people, I'd say. And again, passion, as Ilaria mentioned. Mm -hmm. So, one of our fil rouge is a share our project with passionate uh, people. And in this direction, we also created a, a 
a case, uh, a, a unique wooden case uh, for all our seven wines, for uh-huh. all our seven bottles. So if you think about putting in a wooden case seven bottles, you can't imagine how to do it. Because, of course, seven is not an easy number. No. Nobody that's makes a seven-bottle box. Never happened exactly. before. And yeah. that's the reason why we started a cooperation with, uh, I'd say, an artist, because he's an archi- architect, but actually is an artist. And starting from the woods of our region, so the woods uh, nearby Sapada and so on, he created this wooden case, which is uh, mm-hmm. not no. how it is the correct word, hexagon yeah. in Hex- English. Hexagonal. Okay. Hexagonal, yeah, you said Okay, so you have the six bottles on the sides. sides and one bottle in the center, which is not always the same bottle because the okay. uh, importance of the bottles is the same for us. I mean, for us, for us seven winemakers, all our wines are the same importance in this project. And so the central bottle is one of ours. There's not a fixed uh, position oh, okay. in the in the, so in the case. it's not like somebody said, I want to be in the center. No, no, no. no. I'm not doing this no. unless I'm in the middle. No, this is also that's the so, reason why if you... That's so un-Friolano-like. No, if you watch <laughs> our videos, because we are... Um, filming some videos for each event we do organize and if you take a look at our videos you'll see in one video Alessandro Rotolo from Schioppetto speaking in another video me from Castello di Spessa speaking in another video Ornella Venica from Venica and Venica speaking now it's Ilaria's turn so of course the next one will be Ilaria's nice and so on and so Matteo from Livon and the others Alessandro from Pascolo and so on because we really as Ilaria said uh, the most important thing is that we have the same values mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> and we live in a world with uh, a really loss of values and so when you find somebody who shares with you the same values nowadays is one of the most important thing right. and you have to put all your effort in that not to lose this precious gift uh, right. of meeting other people sharing with you the same values where can you see this the seven bottle box is there like a, a site or is it on like every winery's website? Is there a specific website or a place we where have, people can go and see sort of all of the stuff about the Pinot Bianco project? Uh, um, of course, they can send an email to our wineries or uh, to Rete Pinot Bianco Nel Collio. We do have also a website of our network. It's called which Rete Pinot Bianco. www.pinobiancolio.it yeah. Okay. And there's also an email address, which is info at pinobianconelcolio.it. Okay. And also, we do have a cooperation with a partner, and he's also online with in, in his e-commerce with our case. And so, of course, we can provide all the information uh, for buying uh, our wooden case. And uh, also, of course, uh, in our wine shops, because right. almost all our wineries has its own wine shop right. and so that's another option so if you go to the individual winery so if i was to go to, to spesso or to go to receipts periodic can you buy that box 
Depending on the quantity, because if you want <laughs> 10 cases, please send an email before. Because, oh, okay. <laughs> of course, we have to have it's all limited. the bottles. Yeah, it's, it's better to make a reservation. Okay. And so, uh, but of course, you can Sounds then. Sounds really interesting. I want to yeah, see that. I'm going to look for an image and I'm going to, when I post on social media about this. Yeah. This episode, I'll make sure to include an image. I'm of that looking now. Really and awesome. also, we are now going to present our network in Rome okay. at the end of June together with Bibenda. So there's something we can say it, right, ah. Ilaria? Yeah. We already oh, oh, oh. defined the date, so we can say it. When is that going to be? June the 28th. Okay. Yeah, we'll be in Rome. And so we'll be there with our wines, with our Pinot Bianco. And we are trying to bundle this event together with another event in Naples. Because okay. uh, we now want to spread our voices outside the Free William oh, free borders. Will. Yeah. For now, we are focusing on Italy, which is already enough okay. <laughs> to do. So this is the first step, sort of spreading the gospel here in Italy. Yeah, first step, yes. And then let's see. You know, let's say that one of the first goal is to let Italians ask uh, for a Pinot Bianco at the restaurant. Okay. That's a thing that let's I wanted to do. Let's come. take a first yeah. step, yeah. 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 From so they don't. Yeah. It's already so they tough enough. <laughs> Believe me, because uh, Pino Bianco, as Ilaria said, uh, Pino Bianco uh, lives uh, in uh, Collio since uh, more than 200 years, Ilaria, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm not saying something wrong. But if you talk about Friuli, outside Friuli, you rarely ask for a Pino Bianco, which is a pity. Because, <laughs> I mean, we do have. Uh, really good Pinot Bianco. And so for us, the main goal for now is to let Italians know Collio and our Pinot Bianco in Collio and let them discover Collio in Collio because we want for them to visit our wineries. We want for yeah, them yeah. to come here and we want for them to discover also the um, attention we put on sustainability because okay, this important. is another of the goal of our network ah okay yeah. so there's a part of that as yeah, well yeah this is one of the reason why the case uh, is made in that uh shape because if you think about that shape there's a link with bees for example because it's true. like uh, uh, bees. beehives yes yeah honeycomb and so sustainability is another of our value we share and so for now, let's focus on the Italians because Italians are tough enough. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna stir up some poop. Are you ready? <laughs> so hang on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a devil's advocate question. Okay. So, like I said, I love Pinot Bianco. Yeah. I believe in the project, and I think that every every wine is valid. Don't we already have enough wine in Friuli <laughs> that we have to add another one to the list? No, is that we have uh, so many good wineries and so many good wines mm -hmm. that if you want to let your wine and your project to be understood and to be known from people, you have to talk about them. Okay. Otherwise, of course, if you drive to Collio, if you drive around, uh, you can find a lot of good wines and a lot of good wineries and histories and so on. But if you have something you really believe in, and we really believe in this project. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's really emotional that this project came from a 90 years old person. Yeah. Because 
this means that uh, Ilaria's grandfather still has a huge passion in his job, right. in his family, in his uh, winery, and so on. And so we were absolutely happy to join them in this project because this is one of the traditions we were talking before. Mm. That's the thing that I wanted to add. Yeah. It, it's not adding something. Exactly. It, okay. It's already on our roads. Okay. It's about let people discover. Because there's a lot to discover here. Yeah. Because you guys know as well as I do. You've heard it. You've been out in the market. You know, you, Eladia, you've been out there on work with. I don't know if you've been out as sort of like selling wine, as that's part of your job, sort of a fianca. Not now, like that. but I've done it. But in you've the done past. it in the past. Yeah. You know, and people will say, man, oh man, you guys in Friuli, you make like 2,000 different kinds of wines. You know, maybe you should just concentrate on Friulano or Malvasia or Ribola Gialla. This is what I hear from people who've worked in the wine industry. I won't tell who they are, who've worked in the wine industry here and have left and gone to work in other places. They've literally said to my face, Friuli's big problem is it has no focus. It makes too many different wines. If you go into France, you have one place that makes one wine and you have another place that makes a different wine. And here in Friuli, we make 25 different wines. And like I said, I'm only playing devil's advocate here because you've heard it, Eladia, I'm sure, working out in the market. So yeah. I love the idea of, of Pinot Bianco, but I'm just trying to sort of play devil's advocate and see how far the passion is going to bring you. It's still interesting, this, this debate that I've heard from different wine producers about the ones that want to go less and the ones that want to go more. So you've got these tiny wine producers that produce like 15 different kinds of wine. And then there's those that sort of focusing on four. Right. What do you think, Hilaria? How many wines do you produce? Question number one. We do produce between Marco Feluga and Rosset Superiore 26 labels. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but. And that's typical. That's typical. That's typical yeah, for you, Lana. I'm sure, I'm sure Castello di Spesa also yeah. probably has. Uh, seven plus seven plus three, so right. it's so we're 17. twenty exactly. Yeah. So yeah, about yeah. twenty, yeah. <laughs> about twenty. Yeah, but the thing is that that grape varietals are as the Pinot Bianco, as the Pinot Grigio, as Sauvignon Blanc, more than one hundred and fifty years ago that are growing in Friuli. Exactly. So okay, Ribolla Gialla are more than seven hundred years. Friulano even more, but. Uh, are grape varietals that now they have find out their biotype, their own roots, their own way in Friuli. So that's the thing. Mm -hmm. That's our already our story, our history. So yeah. So you're saying that kind of like me, these wines have been adopted. <laughs> they come from outside. And as their roots grow deeper and deeper, they stop laughing at I'm trying to make Sorry. a point. No, no, I like can, it. I lo no, I love, I love your laugh. It's I fine. like it. No, but yeah, I think I've always made this argument. I've always said, how many centuries of time does a grape variety need Needs. before yeah. you call it native? Because for sure, Cabernet Sauvignon wasn't born in 
Bordeaux. It was born someplace else and it was brought there as another variety and it mutated and changed and crossed and became something new, right? Grapevines came from Greece. They came from Armenia. There's, you know, these are things that spread out. So there's no real native grape varieties apart from what you might find in Georgia and Greece and all that sort of stuff or Persia or whatever Armenia. it might be. Armenia. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's, and that's always been sort of my devil's advocate answer has been, you know, Pinot Bianco is a native grape variety now. Heather has got a question maybe. Heather, did you have a question? Hey. Oh, I just wanted to add that as an American, that's one of the things I love about Friuli is that there are so many wines so I can have, you know, different meals and pick different wines and still be in my favorite region of Italy drinking wine and supporting that culture and that history that I'm just learning about and loving and really connecting with because I feel like it has a lot in common with the you know, the people there seem to have a lot in common with the people from where I grew up here in Georgia, the state of Georgia. So, okay. uh, you know, Heather, I just, sorry, I love that. it's interesting that nice, you say Heather. that because Wayne said to me from when I met him, like more than 15 years ago, apparently Italy has the most complex number of native grape varieties Compared to all other countries, did I get that right? No, Italy in general has. Italy. Italy in general has way more native grape varieties than any other So country. it's France easy included. for us, uh, you know, tonight and doing this program for Wayne and me here in the background thinking, gosh, these small producers are producing so many different kinds of wine. And yet it's known for that complexity and for all that difference. Yeah, I don't think I can make an argument anything better than that. Yeah against what i was sort of saying i believe in what you're doing and i i love the wines that you're making thank you for for bringing the the, the wine and, and letting us taste it and spending some time with us Thanks here to you tonight. For us. i know you guys have things to do it's a friday night so i'm, I'm sure <laughs> hanging friday. out with the <laughs> saturday, saturday, sunday what? So thank you, Eladia. Thank you, Eleonora, for spending time with us. Thanks, Heather, for coming and and contributing but yeah, continued success with the Pinot Bianco project. I'm going to buy one of those boxes of the seven producers because I love Magic Pinot number. Yep. Thank you, lovely, lovely ladies. Yes, thank you very, very much. Thanks, Nat, for coming and contributing as always. And um, I'm going to let you guys get on oh. with your lives. So Because it's Friday, it's Friday then. then. Saturdays. <laughs> Thank you, everybody on Clubhouse, for listening. Thank you, Eladia. Thank you. Everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thanks Robbie, you. for being Thank the you, rock. Thank you, Rob. And uh, we'll hope you'll miss Hey, I want to thank everybody this evening for coming. Thank you for listening. I appreciate uh, Natalie Benlolo, our co-host, Rob Milani, our sound guy. Follow me on La Taverna Friuli on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram at Wayne Grape. And you can find this awesome music on YouTube at Beat Ambassador. Finishes with an A.